Hello and welcome to the Sailorville Church Parenting Podcast. Our goal is to partner with parents to find biblical solutions to real-life issues. Today, our topic is single parenting. I'm your host, Jared Leonard, and with me is my beautiful wife and co-host, Alyssa Leonard. Hello. And our guests today, I'm really excited about this, we have Becca and Emily Rodert. Hey. Hello. Um, Becca and Emily, we've been we've been excited about uh, having you on this conversation on this podcast to to talk about single parenting. Um, and Becca, would you just mind sharing the ages of your children real quick? Yep, um, I have three kids. Emily's the oldest; she's eighteen, and then Ben is fourteen, and Leah is nine. Oh, fun! We love your kids; they're so fun. I have uh, I happen to have Ben currently in my small group. He's uh, he's great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're kidding. He's not great. <laughs> no, he is. He's fantastic. Love Ben. He's a great guy. Um, anyway, we're excited to chat with Becca and Emily today, and we just hope that as a result of this, we can encourage single parents as well as help others understand how we can encourage and come along sing, alongside single parents as well. So uh, would you just share, Becca, a little bit about uh, when and how you became a single parent? Of course, Emily, you can jump in there as well. Yeah, um, I have been divorced for about five and a half years now. So um, with that comes the added role of single parenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, slash co-parenting too. I know you've talked a little bit about that too. So a little bit different than, you know, maybe a widow would experience or something like that. But absolutely. similar in, in, in other ways. Mm-hmm. So what are, talk, talk a little bit about some of the challenges of single parenting. Um, yeah. I mean, even just going back to that first question is, um, you know, single parenting is not something anyone chooses. So, mm-hmm. and it comes along generally with a traumatic event, whether mm-hmm. it's the death of a spouse, whether it's abandonment because of, you know, an unplanned pregnancy where someone chooses to not stay, whether it's um, divorce or separation. So you already have this big traumatic event that someone is processing and healing from and in the middle of it they're thrown into a whole new role Mm. where it's all on you and so I think a lot of times single parenting kind of gets overlooked because we focus on the event that led to it and we forget that single parenting in itself is a trial or a struggle Mm. so um so I mean I think that's one thing and then it's just it's a lot (laughs) you you know you it, it's different, again, as a co-parent versus um, a full-time single parent. But either way, when the kids are with you, it's all you. You're, mm-hmm. you're the mom, dad, breadwinner, housekeeper, chauffeur. Mm-hmm. You make the decisions. <laughs> you make the rules. You enforce the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you may be picking up slack for an absent parent or trying to co-parent with someone you have a broken relationship with. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot to juggle Mm-hmm. all at once so yeah um yeah emily talk maybe a little bit from your perspective some some of the struggles and i guess we'll jump into this here in a little bit too but um from the from the kid perspective yeah i mean in the same way as it's a new role for the single parent it's also a new role for the kid because mm-hmm. suddenly you go from one set of expectations to now two separate ones and you're learning what does it look like to live at mom's house and then what does it look like to just flip the switch and change it at dad's house and then back and forth and back and forth and so with that that also comes like how do you balance your time with friends versus family because mm-hmm. now if you're having family night two nights a week 
with both houses, suddenly that's over half your week and mm. it's like, well, okay, now what? Like then you have extracurriculars and friends in school and all these things. So learning how to balance that and adjust to new expectations and yeah, I'd say that's some of the challenges. Yeah, that's good. So kind of along those lines, we we understand that kids, especially in a divorce situation, are kind of transitioning back and forth from one home to the other. Emily talked about it, different sets of routines and expectations. And so, Becca, how do you help your children navigate that? And then maybe, Emily, how how does that look like from your perspective, kind of both of you answering that? Yeah, I mean, I think it, for me, it was a gradual awareness of, you know, kind of just having that aha moment of, oh, my word, these kids are always in transition. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they may come back from a weekend at dad's and they're acting differently. And I'm sure they're the same way when they go to their dads mm-hmm. and to go, oh, wait, they their their brains still have to figure out where am I? What environment am I in? And I think it's just having a lot of extra grace mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just taking into account that transition. And I think it you know, I think you see it at school and even like for you guys at youth group, mm-hmm. you know, um, you might see the kids acting differently. I know schools probably do, too, because mm-hmm. different environment means different behavior and it's just always transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'd say also this was big for us. It comes to communication also mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it was a gradual process because I don't think I understood at first how different the expectations were and so how that changed my behavior and Mm -hmm. even just like my moods and whatever. And so communicating um, what I was thinking and what I was feeling and what are the expectations at dad's because they are different than mom's. And so then we all have the same understanding rather than I understand one piece of the puzzle and mom understands a different piece and then we don't... um, communicate or connect well when we aren't on the same page in that way. Yeah. And even for me having to recognize that, um, I mean, I'm aware obviously that things are going to be different at dad's house versus my house, but even having to understand just because I have a specific expectation of what is right and what is respectful, I can't assume that that has to be the same there. Mm -hmm. And so we would have conversations where I'm like, Emily, you can't like, you still need to do this over there. And she's like, yeah, it's different. It's just different. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to put it into practice, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's kind of along the same lines of the, the next question I was thinking about. So how do you co-parent with someone who is maybe parent, parenting a little bit differently than you, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you still honor them? So you still want to honor and respect, you know, the the relationship and even, you know, the kids and you want them, your kids to show honor and respect to, to the other parent as well. How do you do that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of, um, just maintaining a level of respect and, um, just kind of trying to model Christ-like behavior for my kids. Um, which I certainly don't do perfectly, Mm. (laughs) probably more often than not, but, um, you know, knowing that, they may be exposed to different things. Um, I'm much more aware of how, how much more important actions are versus words. Mm-hmm. And so trying to model it because I can tell them all day long what they should do. Um, but hopefully they're seeing a difference. And then, um, you know, we just go back to the Bible a lot of 
honor your father and mother. It doesn't say if, it doesn't say when, mm-hmm. it doesn't quantify it. And so um, that's an always. And yeah. unfortunately, feelings don't always get to come into play mm-hmm. with that. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, like it's not up to her for as far as if we're going to honor both parents, like that is my decision and Ben's decision and Leah's decision. And so the um, influence that she has is very helpful because it's Mm -hmm. continually pointing to truth. But like at the end of the day, it is our decision. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's just what it comes to. So that's when outside influences are also a big deal because... I mean, it is true. Like a parent can say one thing and another person can say another thing. And it's when the other person says it that it clicks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. to have lots of outside influences um, pointing to truth, that was a big thing for me. Um, Because truthfully, like, I don't feel like honoring my parents all the Mm -hmm. time. And honoring looks different in different houses. And so, yeah, understanding that it's not an if or when or whatever. It's this is what is right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's so good because you're taking ownership of your (laughs) attitudes and um, too often, I think, you know, and maybe you're you're looking hindsight now, which is a little easier. Um, Too often it's we blame our actions on our circumstances Mm -hmm. and that's not what it should be. We we choose to act or react a certain way sometimes because we're sinners. Um, And so you're saying, yeah, it's on me. It's on each one of my siblings to choose daily even to honor, to obey. And that's the same with our walk with Christ. You know, mm-hmm. um, we need to, we need to choose to, to live for him or not. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love though that Becca, you say you can set an example of that, Yeah, you know, like that can be really hard when you disagree mm-hmm. to not speak honoringly and right. in front of your kids. I mean, as all parents, right, we learn very quickly how much we are not in control. Mm. Um, But as a single parent, I think you see that so much more acutely because, Mm -hmm. you know, 40, 50 percent of the time you literally have no control. Mm -hmm. Um, But that even applies to, you know, different households, different expectations and um, just recognizing like I can't be my kid's savior Mm -hmm. and my trust in the Lord has to grow that much more. Um, Romans 12, 28, as far as it depends on you. Mm. Right. Yeah there's only so far that it depends on me and yeah. the rest I have to turn over to the Lord. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's been a, a big, I'm glad you brought that up because I had that verse in my head and I'm glad you, you brought it up because it's kind of what, what um, Emily was talking about too. Romans 12, 28. Okay. So as much as it depends on you, so you and each of the children need to live at peace. Right. It doesn't matter where you're at, mm. what circumstances you're in at home, at school with friends, we should be living at peace mm-hmm. with all, no matter what our life circumstances are. So then where do, I mean, what are the joys, the ways that you have found joy in single parenting? It's yeah. clearly hard and and it's taxing and and all of those things and challenging. But have you found joy? Is there is there joy in it? Yeah. I mean, I uh, kind of been thinking about this scrolling Facebook a few days ago, um, I came across an Elizabeth Elliott quote that says, the secret of joy is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. Mm, That's a good one. And so regardless, you know, single parenting is not something I would have chosen, Mm -hmm. but it is 
something the Lord has allowed in my life right now. And so, but that's my circumstance, not my identity. Mm. And so, um, finding joy in Christ and, um, you know, from a more specific standpoint, um, number one, I get to see the church be the church on mm-hmm. a very regular basis as people come alongside my kids and stand in the gap and love on them, um, show up for me. Um, and then just to be able to now at five years in to be able to look back and see the faithfulness of the Lord, see his goodness. And, um, that brings me joy, but it also gives me strength moving forward. Like mm-hmm. I can look back and go, my goodness, he has been so faithful and mm-hmm. so kind to us. So how can I not trust that he will continue to be yeah. as we move forward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd say very similar to her. It's not about the circumstances. It's about um, <coughs> my identity in Christ. And so even now, as you were saying, like this is more of a hindsight thing, but it's also not because yeah, in some ways. Yeah. Right. Um, like circumstances, living circumstances are different now. And so now it's relearning. What does this look like? Mm -hmm. What does single parenting for my mom look like with me versus with the other two? Mm -hmm. Because that is different. And so um, finding joy in the fact that amidst all the changing and moving things, God doesn't change and he is still the solid rock has been really big. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's really good. I feel like I was going to say, oh, Becca, you mentioned the church being the church and, you know, supporting you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would never say this, so I'll go ahead and tell everyone this. Becca is also heavily involved in our church. And mm-hmm. so you don't just get support by sitting on the sidelines or showing up occasionally on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you, And this is true of just about anything. You know, you're in a, in a sport or in a community group or in whatever – you get out what you also put in. And so Becca serves all the time and all over the place. If Faithfully. You're, yep. She's she's faithful and she's there and she serves and she's in people's lives, encouraging others. And that's, that's and I think maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, but but serving is is a way that you find joy as well. Mm-hmm. And then then and then you build those relationships. You see, see people and you get to know them and then they want to pour into you and it's it's just a joy. So yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a joy watching you be the church, be a part of the church and involved in serving and I'm I'm assuming a little bit here but I'm assuming that that joy is just an overflow of what you're receiving as well, not only right. from God but from others and relationships in the church. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You're a good example That's of that. A, I, I steal Paul Seymour's quote, adjust your dwell. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it'd be really easy for any of us in any mm-hmm. trial, right? You can look inward and you can just dwell there. Mm. Or you can start looking up and you can start looking out and you can start finding ways to serve someone outside of yourself. Yeah. And that changes your perspective real quick. So. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good. Um, so kind of transitioning a little bit, you talked about some joys, but what have you learned about God? And Emily, you referred to this a little bit. Um, what have you learned about God in this season? How has God used it to grow you to become more like Jesus? Um, yeah, I mean, like I was saying, just understanding in a new sense, um, the way the Lord that the way that the Lord is unchanging Mm. and faithful and that he does care about the little things. I mean, it has been shown to me time and time and time again, like 
he's in the details and in the big picture. Yeah. Um, that's been really beautiful. And as far as he, him growing me to be more like himself, well, through the circumstances of the divorce, um, he saved me. So yes. that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yes. Just, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, even with that in mm. mind, like there have been a lot of circumstances surrounding divorce that have sucked mm-hmm. and not been fun, but yeah. it's like, I wouldn't go back and change it because mm-hmm. of the goodness that has come out of it because of Christ alone. And so, yeah, being saved and then him continuing to transform my life to now where I'm in a place that I want to be in ministry full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, that's crazy change. Yeah. Um, and then just teaching me how to, um, comfort others based on what the Lord has comforted me through. Mm. That's been really, really beautiful. Mm. That's great. Yeah. I've had conversations with people too, like, gosh, you know, I, we don't want hard things for our kids, but mm-hmm. you know, would you be in this place right now? Had you not gone through what you did? Um, you know, you had to learn to rely on the Lord in a way that a lot of kids don't at your age. And mm-hmm. You know, everyone has a choice and we're thankful that you chose the path mm-hmm. you did, but that may not have been the case had those trials not been there. So, right. Right. yeah, I yeah. remember sitting in bed one night and I don't, I have no idea what happened, but something not fun. And I remember her being like, okay, here's the deal. There's two paths you can take. You can either run after Jesus or you can run to the sorrow and mm-hmm we'd were just talking more in depth about them. And I remember like thinking really hard about that and being like, I have nothing left to lose. Like, why not? And so I just started and it's just like one foot in front of the other. Just keep going, keep going one foot in front of the other. Take the right next step. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yep. really good. Yeah. Cause sometimes that's, that's as far as you can see, you know, like, okay, what's, what's the next right choice here? Right. Okay. Run to Jesus. Okay. What's my, what's my one step in that direction? Yep. That's really good. Oh. I love how Psalm 119 also talks about like your word is a lamp unto my feet Mm. and a light into my path. Like I come back to that one often and remember like it's a lamp for the next step. It's not a floodlight for the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Because had I seen the whole thing, I don't even like I probably would have dropped dead and been like, I can't do it. Like (laughs) I can't (laughs) all run away. Yeah, exactly. I can't get there, God. But, you know, Mm -hmm. one step at a time and him directing you. That's a great reminder. Sometimes we think, you know, long term. Even, you know, seniors or whatever, okay, God, what do you want me to be doing when I'm 50? Okay, let's hold your horses. Let's figure out what you want to do right now and what God is calling you to do in the next season, you know. So in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, next couple of months, and then God will continue to direct your paths if you're following his lead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Becca? Yeah, I mean, to piggyback on that, my, you know, my favorite analogy is looking at the Israelites in the desert mm-hmm. and God brought them manna, but they could only collect enough for each day. And I think that applies so much to life. Like we can't store up God's grace. We don't have to be strong enough for next year, next week, tomorrow. We just have to be strong enough for today. Mm-hmm. And um, 1 Peter 1, 3 his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So, mm-hmm. you know, as a single parent, you can so often feel the burden of like, this is so much to do on my own, but I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Lord has provided me all things for today and tomorrow his mercies are going to be brand new. And so, um, you know, that's the truth I have to go back to when I feel that burden is, do I feel alone? Yes. Am I alone? No. Yeah. 
Um, and just that God allows things to grow us and it's not always easy and his timeline is not always mine, yeah. but, um, he is working for his good or for my good and for his glory. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, amen. That's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So how can the church come alongside single parent families and to help them, to encourage them, to pray for them? Mm-hmm. How can we do that? Yeah. Um, I mean, Jared made a good point of, to some degree, you have to help yourself, right? But Mm -hmm. there is an element of being a single parent can feel super isolating. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, number one, especially if you're new to church, if you haven't been here, if you don't know anyone, number one, your church or your family doesn't fit the biblical model. So you already Mm -hmm. feel like an outsider coming in. Mm -hmm. If you happen to be coming in by yourself, if your kids are at their other parents, now you're alone Mm -hmm. trying to find a place. And so um, I think it's both, right? So as the church, identify and find those single parents and encourage them that they're not alone, that they're seen, that they're loved, that they're accepted and give them a place. Yeah. Um, that can only go so far, obviously, as a single parent, you have to take some initiative, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, help them find their place. Um, even from a group standpoint, do you join a young adult group or a women's group or a mixed group? Like, where do you fit? Because mm-hmm. There's kind of places in each of those where it doesn't quite fit. And so um, just to know you have a place and that Mm -hmm. you're welcome and that you're loved. Mm -hmm. Um, Tangible things, you know, seeing a need and meeting it. Um, Mm -hmm. I may be a little bit stubborn and independent and don't love to ask for help. Mm, Shocking. (laughs) Right? Um, You know, but there is an element of not... I shouldn't be so sarcastic. (laughs) You might know me or something, (laughs) Uh, but there is that element of not wanting to be a burden. And so, but to say like, Hey, can I shovel your driveway or, you know, whatever that may be. Um, And I honestly, the biggest thing is um, come alongside kids Mm. in single parent homes, because I know I can't be everything for my kids. Mm. I know that Ben, 60% of the time is the only boy in a house full of girls. And he <laughs> we were just talking about that the some, other day. <laughs> he needs some guy time and I can't yeah. provide everything for him. So yeah. to know that there's godly people in my kids' lives is huge and the biggest blessing probably. Yeah. I would say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> when people came alongside me, that was so huge. And yeah. again, it is a two-way street of I need to be involved and sure. I need to be reaching out. But to have someone reach out to me and be like, hey, like... I just want to get to know you more, see what's going on in your life. Like, would you want to hang out? That is so, Mm -hmm. so encouraging. Mm -hmm. And then even just um, occasional texts or things like that, um, just in I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you. That's huge too. Yeah. Yeah. And you were a great example of that too, Emily. I I remember when you were a student, not that long ago, (laughs) um, but you, you just started meeting with girls on Monday nights. It's like, you know, I just want to meet with girls. We're going to start a Bible study. Pretty casual thing, but like it's still happening and you're not there, I'm assuming, right? Right. Or maybe you make an appearance from time to time, but like it still happens and it's just girls getting together for a Bible study just casually and it's like awesome. That's amazing. But you know, that was, you wanted to hang out with people? You wanted to get into God's word? All right, let's do it. And you make it happen. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think having come from a place that can feel marginalized, Mm -hmm. you have a heart for people that are marginalized. So to find the people that don't have a place yet, and that's exactly what she did. She found those people and said, I I see you. I love you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, that's good. Is there anything else uh, that, that you were like, man, I was really hoping to tackle this topic or things that you wanted to, nothing we left unsaid? Alyssa, <laughs> you have one more question? No? Well, we just always end with the question, are there any resources? We do. But we were just talking before this. Um, Becca, you can speak to this maybe more than than we can. There's not a lot of resources, right? No, there's not. I mean, it's, it is kind of what we said at the beginning. It's kind of that topic that just isn't talked about a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are resources out there, but I'm, I haven't sought any out, I suppose. But yeah. they also haven't been readily available, I guess. <laughs> I haven't found you either. Right, exactly. Yeah. Other than, I mean, our classic example is always the Bible oh, on this podcast, especially. It yeah. seems like every answer is, okay, well, first resource is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so using that as your go-to and running to Jesus, you heard a lot of that here today. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, listeners, you're hearing that loud and clear, whether you're a single parent or you're trying to come alongside a single parent or whatever, um, point them to Jesus and and you run to Jesus yourself as well. So mm-hmm. um I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for listening here to this episode of the Parenting Podcast. Special thanks again here to Becca and Emily. Thanks for joining us. Um, I was going to say we'll provide for the resources, but we don't have any. So there's one. There is one single parenting little counseling pamphlet back there. Oh yeah, there There you you go. go. Here in our church, we have one. Perfect. So if you're here, part of (laughs) Salemville Church, you can grab that. Um, So you can check that out and go to the Bible. Go to God's word, run to him. Um, We want to encourage you to come back next month, though, as we tackle the topic of technology in the home. I'm excited for our guests. We have lined up for that conversation. We have Paul and Steph Seymour actually joining us. So we're really excited about that. Um, So, And if you have a topic or a question that you would like to for us to cover in future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just reach out to me. Um, If you're part of our church, you probably got my email or something. So (laughs) thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.